G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, as you know, just recently I was on a secret visit to the Middle East. One of the countries I had the privilege of visiting was the nation of Egypt. And Egypt, having gone through such a dreadful time of hostility over two revolutions, you might remember that the President Hosni Mubarak uh, was overthrown and then there were democratic elections that saw President Morsi come to power. Now, as President Morsi overplayed his hand and began to implement the policies of the Muslim Brotherhood, you'll recall there was another, this time, military coup that overthrew President Morsi. Then the man who came to power is known as President Sisi. Now, out of what happened in Egypt and those two revolutions was a dreadful conspiracy that somehow or other the Christian church was behind the overthrow of President Morsi, who was implementing the policies of the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, let's talk today about how the church has responded. In a time when they were blamed for a dreadful revolution and there were attacks against the churches in Egypt, one of the personalities that I met while I was in Egypt was Michael. And Michael is visiting Australia. And it just so happens to be our privilege to have him sitting in the studio opposite me now. Michael, welcome to Australia. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. In fact, you've only just arrived and you're not yet into the point where you'll be suffering that jet lag. Uh, You'll be feeling tired in just a little while from now. Yes, that's right. Well, it was wonderful to meet you while I was in Egypt and to have another opportunity to talk to you now. You're in Australia as a guest of Open Doors. Open Doors is a wonderful organisation. They recognise that you are in a nation where there is significant persecution of the Christian church. Remind us just how significant it was that the Christians were being blamed in a conspiracy for what happened with the military coup that uh, replaced President Morsi. Yeah, I mean, obviously what happened in Egypt over the last uh, uh, four years uh, was uh, amazing and all in every scale. Uh, because, you you know, we have been on, uh, on the same, under the same regime for about 30 years, uh, the same uh, president, the same system, um, under President Hosni Mubarak. And uh, when he was uh, forced to uh, step down, we started a new era, a new time. At this time, uh, when we got as Egyptians to speak out, maybe for the first time, to have a, a real people revolution. Um, and in the beginning, we did not really realize the dimension of what was happening. We thought it's just a an expression of frustration from the past and a, a new hope for the future. Um, but as 
things developed, uh, you may recall that uh, uh, what happened, we, we probably see things a bit differently from uh, what many people around the world do see them. What we see, uh, what happened to the first revolution of January 2011, is that uh, it was ridden by uh, the Muslim Brotherhood and the, the other Islamic powers um, because they had more ground, they had more, more authority on the ground, they were the most organized. So uh, suddenly, uh, from a people revolution that was after uh, social justice and uh, uh, equality and uh, 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 de- helping developing the, the living standards, suddenly the country was ruled by uh, powers uh, by an authority of a, an Islamic movement who uh, did not really care for anything but to uh, lay their hand on the every single corner of authority in the country. Now, um, excuse me, if you allow me, I may disagree with you about uh, some of the things that uh, you've mentioned about uh, the second revolution because many people in the world see today, see the second revolution as a military coup. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing uh, the political side of it. Uh, but what, what we Christians think and, and believe is that uh, this was an intervention from the Lord uh, in response to many of our prayers because we were heading towards a strictly Islamic State. And we were so close, we were maybe hours away from a civil war. And uh, when people came down to the streets, and they were definitely backed by the army, um, and when the uh, uh, regime of Morsi was ousted, we think this was an answer of our prayers. When you say just hours away from a civil war, yeah, uh, that is a civil war. You're talking about a religious war of yeah. uh, Christians versus Islamists. No, no, it was not about Christians versus Islamics. Islamists. It was a civil war, uh, mainly targeting ruling the country, gaining the power. Uh, between the Muslim Brotherhood and the Islamic uh, groups from once on one side and uh, the other, uh, who everybody else on the other side. So everybody includes, else included the Christians, no, but, but also included every other group that was against the totalitarian ideal that comes along with yeah, Islamic let, rule. Let me, let me say something about the position of Christians in this game here. We as a church have never fought for any political gains. And we've always stood in the background. We've always prayed for our country, seeking God's presence and that he may be known to our people. Uh, we were not after any political gains. And let me even say, at this point, Many of the Christians in my country, including myself, we do not really care much about our rights, our long-lost rights, or uh, striving for 
a, uh, a fair treatment or fair rights to be able to build our churches freely or, or uh, just be treated as a normal person. Uh, let me tell you that even this, many of the Christians in my country, including myself, we do not really care about that at the moment. And the reason for that is that we consider this time as a harvest time. We consider the, these days as the most glorious days when the masks of deception are falling. You know, one, one and, and many people are seeking the truth. One of the blessings that were considered as curses in my country because of the heavy hand or heavy grip of the Islamist uh, Islamist rule, during this time, the, the real faces were unveiled. The real intentions were unveiled. Um, it became very obvious who was uh, so keen for the sake of power, money, and uh, dominionship, uh, or dominion, I'm sorry, and who were really keen for the uh, sake of the country, for the welfare of the country. And what seems to be highlighted is the humility of the church when all of these things were happening. Uh, When you say you were so close to civil war, uh, I guess Christians, and there are militant groups even within the Christian church, could have taken up arms but in humility, leaders said, we don't want civil war. We'll take that on the chin. We do not have any militant Christian groups in our country. Uh, we were accused by some of the fanatic Islamists that uh, churches and monasteries are stuffed with weapons. And they always release those rumors to raise the animosity of the Egyptian public against the church. But we, in fact, we do not have any militant Christian groups. Um, But the concern we had was for Christians to retaliate when they are attacked. Like, if if you recall, we had a fierce uh, wave of attacks on churches right after the ousting of President, uh, former President Morsi. And in this wave of attacks, over 85 churches were either burnt down, completely destroyed or looted, together with hundreds of Christian houses and shops. And the concern we had that what if Christians would uh, retaliate or, or would move out to revenge? Uh, this would have caused a, compli- a lot of complications and confrontations. But um, this, this, is not, uh, this is not about the civil war, though this is not what I meant by civil war. But now I'm moving or shifting to another reaction of the church that actually proved to be a historical, position, a historical uh, reaction that was well taken uh, into the consideration of multitudes of Egyptians. When the wave of attacks came on the churches, uh, and Christians did not retaliate or revenge. It became quite obvious to the Egyptian public, to the millions of Egyptians, that the Egyptian church does really care for the country, does really love the country. Uh, and our testimony of love and forgiveness became so obvious that uh, through beautiful shadows on the scene, 
in comparison with the hateful and and uh, aggressive reaction of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, supporters. Do, do you get my point here? There is a stark contrast. And we'll come back and we'll talk some more about this in just a short while when you talk about those at one particular point, 80-plus churches burned, looted, yes. uh, hundreds of people's homes, businesses destroyed. Uh, the reputation of the church grew because of the church's reaction to that. We'll come back and we'll continue our conversation in just a short while. Michael is with us. He's visiting Australia and is a guest of Open Doors. There's a number of speaking engagements. You can go to the Open Doors website and find out where Michael is speaking this weekend in southeast Queensland and then other dates around Australia. We'll be back with more in just a short while. We are back talking through a fascinating true story uh, that has been unfolding in our own time. What has happened in the nation of Egypt where there have been two revolutions? The second of those became very violent as a reaction against Christian churches. Our special guest, we're talking through these issues. He's just arrived in Australia for some speaking appointments. Michael is a guest of Open Doors in Australia. And Michael, when we talk about... 80 churches, 80 plus churches, uh, hundreds of people's homes, uh, businesses destroyed because of reactionary violence that came out of that second revolution. Uh, the reaction of the church, as we've been saying, was one of humility, and that has lifted the reputation of Christian believers in Egypt, a nation of 90-plus million people, and the church is now enjoying a new, fresh impetus. Yes, um, let me say that uh, we've never had a time when the church uh, was so much exposed and uh, um, uh, clearly uh, put up for discussion, the church issues and the situation of the church like these days. And this is all uh, was initi initiated because of the reaction of the Christians to these fierce attacks that took place on the 14th and 15th of August of last year. Um, those days, um, we proved to, and I'm, I'm very thankful we did, we proved to uh, offer the real gospel to our nation. Um, and it became obvious because the Christians, uh, millions of Christians, uh, received those attacks with a spirit of forgiveness, uh, with a spirit, uh, spirit of humiliation and prayer, we took our nation to understand uh, what is real Christianity. And this made a lot of people in my country, a lot of Muslims, wonder uh, what is Christian faith is really about. Because on one hand, they saw the aggressiveness and the violence of the angry Muslim Brotherhood. And on the, on the other side, on the other hand, they saw the forgiveness and love of the church. And we... Those, those, this, this contrast uh, developed uh, a lot of social media debates and arguments, and we saw people, we saw Muslim uh, TV uh, talk shows and Muslim writers coming on the public uh, media, on television channels, praising uh, the situation of the church, uh, saying how 
genuine the Church of Egypt is, how national it is. You know, we've been always accused of following uh, the Western Christianity. Western Christianity doesn't even sound right to me because, you know, Lord <laughs> Jesus came to my country as a baby. That's right. And, and he was born in a neighboring country. We in the West follow yeah. <laughs> Eastern Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but we were always considered as Westerners because uh, the mindset of the Muslims uh, uh, relate Christianity to the West. But uh, after uh, this peaceful reaction, we were... Uh, we, I felt we restored back our entity as a national uh, Egyptian church, and people started praising the church for this reaction. Now, in that humility and the church character really coming to the fore in the time of trial, in the time of crisis, when you were really under pressure, that has opened up so many doors for the church in Egypt. Tell me about how churches are these days. Uh, are the numbers increasing? I mean, I'm already aware that there are some significant developments in church life in Egypt. Well, the the presence of Christians in the society, uh, given this background we have spoken about, opened a lot of doors for people to uh, tell about Christian faith. Many hungry Muslims ran to their Christian friends either to apologize for those attacks that were initiated not by themselves but by the so-called uh, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, many Muslim friends came to us and said, "Sorry for what has happened to your churches. It, it is it is dreadful. We can't understand." But uh, they also came to. Uh, see and to feel and to ask questions about what Christianity is all about. So many doors were opened. Um, many, many Christian church services during this time and during the entire four years of the two revolutions, after the two revolutions, many uh, church services were broadcasted on uh, Christian uh, television uh, channels, which are accessible to anybody um, with no need for any subscription, paid subscription. And they saw the churches coming together to pray for the country and for the safety. And and in our churches, we pray for Muslim Brotherhood. We pray for Salafists, the, another strict um, uh, sector of, of Islamists. We pray for the salvation of all these people because we believe we have no enemies of people. God has uh, created men and women on his image. And no matter what they believe, no matter what they do, uh, we as Christians, we have to uh, show love, forgiveness, and we pray genuinely for them. And this spirit opened so many doors for testimonies on a private basis, but also on the public scale. Now, imagine this. With, with this hungry population for the truth, and with those numbers of Christian televisions or radio channels, a Christian uh, limited number of radio, uh, Christian radio channels, how many people are searching for the truth? It always thrills me to to close my eyes and think how many millions of Christians are listening to the gospel today and are searching for the truth today. 
and they even have the pleasure and the um, uh, not the pleasure, the opportunity, the leisure of being able to even walk to a nearby church. This is still possible in my country. Or even go to a Christian bookshop and buy a Bible for themselves. This is also still possible. So please, Christian Christians of Australia, pray for us that these doors should continue to be open and more and more people can witness about the truth. What we're seeing is a church that has been under intense persecution rising in the character of Christ and embracing not only their own, but also those who may have been their enemies. And that is a true demonstration of what it is to be a follower of Christ. And it's happened on a a mass scale. There are millions of Christians in Egypt. I had the privilege when I was in Cairo of attending a prayer meeting Prayer meetings in Egypt these days, I guess, are different to what they have been in past times. Uh, People are passionate about prayer. One of the observations I had was that there were young people in the prayer. The church was full, and I'm talking about a large church, a full church, young people, young families, even with their toddlers uh, coming and being in prayer before God for hours and hours and hours. Michael, tell me how you would like Australians to join the prayers of Egyptians for the things that are happening, not only there in Egypt, and you're there at the north of Africa, but also there uh, uh, reaching into the Middle East. How should Christians in Australia pray for the needs of Egypt and for the surrounding countries? Many people would think that uh, it's uh, natural to ask for prayers for something like that we may have more f- religious freedom, that we may have more uh, uh, natural treatment, not uh, discriminating, not to be discriminated against. But you know that you know what um, this uh, over the last four years this has become. Uh, this has become one of the things that we don't really care about anymore, uh, care to ask for prayers for anymore. Of course, it's nice to uh, to have more rights. It's nice, nice as a Christian community to be treated fairly in your own country. But it is just uh, so urgent that we ask the church worldwide and the church in Australia specifically to join us in prayer for our people, for the Egyptians. We have a large population uh, that we want to to win for the Lord. Uh, We want to stay strong in our positions. We want every Christian in Egypt to know their Bible, to stay strong through the storms, because we, we think, according to the Bible, storms will never come to a stop, or they will never cease to come. Um, we have with uh, this common verse. Uh, it's in our Arabic Bible, and it, it is definitely in your your English version as well. And it says, "Those who want to uh, live in righteousness for Jesus Christ will be persecuted." So, I don't think it's an appropriate or a biblical prayer to say, "Lord, stop persecution," or "Lord, uh, give Christians in Egypt uh, the leisure or the comfort." Um, well, of course, it is. It doesn't hurt to have some times of quietness. Uh, no one can complain about that. But we want to 
pray that the will of God may be done in our country. So please pray with us, first for every Christian to to live in a true commitment and to stand in his or her place as a shining testimony for a hungry population. Um, If you have a set of candles in a very dark room and you have ten of them and only two of them are lit and the rest of them are have no fires on them, it will be dark. But if the ten of them are are shining, the entire room will have light. So we want our Christian people in Egypt with uh, from all denominations to shine for the Lord and and to live as a moving testimony wherever they are if if they live in a cap- in the capital or in a, uh, in a north coast city or in an upper egyptian village uh pray for every christians to stand strong in their places and reflect the uh, image of jesus um the second thing uh, that we ask you to pray for is to uh, that we might have perseverance in the times of hardship, because hardship, uh, discrimination, persecution, is uh, are are actually forming a part of our daily lifestyle. Um, we have always lived under these pressures, and I don't think a day will come for the church in my country or in my region um, that we will have uh, ultimate freedom. I don't think. Uh, this day will come, maybe. I don't know. But uh, we want to live for the Lord in perseverance. We want to keep our faith. We want to stay in our place. Um, So pray for perseverance. Also pray for our uh, testimony not to be neutralized because of a pressure. Because you can live as a Christian. You can act as a Christian. You can go to church. But there is no real clear testimony in your life. So we want to shine for the Lord. Um, we will agree as Australian Christian believers uh, for that prayer uh, that God will make every believer in Egypt amen. to be a lit candle, a bright shining candle, and that uh, altogether there'll be a bright light, a bright testimony to the rest of that nation and to the rest of Africa and into the Middle East. Amen. Uh, Michael is in Australia. He is a guest of Open Doors, and you can see the dates for where he is speaking. This weekend, he is speaking in southeast Queensland. The dates will be on the Open Doors website. You can go to www.opendoors.org.au, and then uh, over the coming weeks, Michael is speaking at a number of different locations around Australia. You'll be able to see those locations too. Michael, it is a privilege and our pleasure to be able to talk through these things today with you, and uh, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.